Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Command Partners, the top full-service crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped raise over $70 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by The Gadget Flow, a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. The Gadget Flow is the ultimate buyer's guide for cool luxury gadgets and creative gifts. To learn more, visit thegadgetflow.com. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I'm joined by Ray Wu with The Wind Product. Ray, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Ray. Happy to be here. So tell us about your Kickstarter project. This is, as you claim, the smartest air purifier for your personal space. What is Wind all about? Sure. So Wind, at a high level, is an air quality system. It generates clean air for your personal space that removes things like allergens, germs, and even industrial pollution. And on top of that, it's also an air quality monitor. We've designed the smallest air quality monitor in the world that you can actually use by itself to alert you of any air quality issues. And the air quality monitor works with the purifier all in one to maintain a healthy environment for you or even your family. And the last thing I would mention on uh, uh, just the hardware side of things is that it's portable. So you can actually bring this with you. Most air purifiers are very big. Ours is smaller than a water bottle, so you bring wind with you, set it down wherever you want, and it cleans um, your personal space. Killer. So I know you guys had engineered this with a bunch of smart MIT grads, and you know obviously it's super effective at cleaning the air, and obviously with, with the mobile size in, in, in terms of the, the product itself. Where does the, uh, the technical background come from for you and the team in terms of putting this together? Yeah, so there's several pieces um, to uh, what makes wind really work, and I'll separate them into the software and the hardware side. So on the hardware side, we needed, number one, to make a really effective purifier, but we're limited by, by volume. We can't use very large fans and very big filters. Everything's very compact. And so the, um, the engineering around, the technical challenges around making the airflow really smooth, very powerful, is pretty tricky. Um, luckily, we had a guy uh, by the name of, name of Eric Munoz on our team who uh, really specializes in airflow. He's an MIT Stanford grad, and uh, before joining our team, he designed uh, uh, jet engines, basically, the turbine blades of jet engines, and he knows a lot about airflow. <laughs> the second part is sensors. Uh, we actually invented our own uh, particulate sensor for air quality. And another person on our team, also from MIT, uh, used to design uh, professional sensors for NASA. They actually monitored space shuttle launches and uh, using a lot of this uh, same expertise, you know, we made one for uh, consumers. They're much cheaper, much smaller. Um, not necessarily as accurate, but, but accurate enough that we can... Uh, uh, kind of use it for our purpose. And the last part is the software, um, which I didn't really get into, but we we want the data from the wind devices, especially the sensor, to be potentially aggregated and create this waves of air quality. And we have a great team of um, developers who have a lot of experience in, in building both the, um, the app as well as all, all the cloud components to make that a reality. 
Yeah, it's a really interesting story, Ray. I read, read your post on Medium. You know, you were born in China in the 80s and moved over to the States in the 90s. You know, talk about kind of where the, the pain point came from for you to start envisioning this product. Sure. Uh, so I go back and visit my relatives in Beijing pretty often. Uh, my dad lives there, quite a lot of other relatives. And uh, about 15 years ago, um, as I was making my uh, biannual visit, I noticed that, um, you know, the environment has really changed. Um, we see a lot of economic development, but, um, you know, the air quality uh, is um, poisonous and affecting um, people that I know and love. And so I was always thinking about what can we do to help people, even more than just my immediate friends and family. And as we started getting into wind, we realized air quality is a much bigger thing than just something you know you see in Beijing or New Delhi. Uh, people even here in San Francisco where we don't talk about air pollution, but there are 30 million people in the United States with allergies. Uh, that could be from pet uh, dander or pollen, and that affects their quality of life. And other people travel, and they might need to go to places where they can't control their environment. And many people have come to us to tell, talk, tell us their stories about how they would use wind to ensure that they can breathe healthy. Yeah, it's truly incredible product, and obviously uh, fulfills a need that not only many Americans, but many people worldwide need. And I think it's obviously going to be a continued issue going forward with the pollution that we're putting into the air. So I think the product design is really interesting and how you guys have put it together in a mobile version. Um, talk about kind of how your team came together. Obviously, you've got a ton of smart people on board, as well as advisors as well. How, how did that all get started? Yeah, um, a lot of us just knew each other. Uh, some of the, some of us were friends. Some of us uh, knew each other from school. I met some people at hackathons actually, and we just started uh, working on uh, side projects until you know um, when came along and there's something real that people um, are passionate about, and uh, we got together and started this. So it's it's really just kind of from from our friends and our network. We were very privileged to get introduced to Mike Nuttall. He's our industrial designer, and uh, his background. Um, is quite long and very successful, but in short, he's the co-founder of IDEO, uh, which is a pretty famous and successful uh, industrial design firm. He, he mostly works with startups these days, and we're very um, happy that he's on board, and he really contributed to the, um, the look and feel of the, the projects you see as you see today. Yeah, I know you guys have gone through dozens of iterations on that, and I think that the final designs of what you guys have done is truly impressive. Um, in, ter in terms of uh, some of the prep work that you guys did leading up to the crowdfunding campaign, can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, so this is our first crowdfunding campaign. Uh, we're relative, um, I guess, newbies to the crowdfunding launching products. We did talk to a lot of people about uh, what, uh, how to do marketing, how to set up the content, how to... Uh, you know, um, a lot of tactical things about how to um, prepare for the campaign that helped a lot. Uh, just hearing it from other people who um, were very kind and generous with their time to give us advice and were making introductions too. So we're very happy about that. So you guys started off with a bang. You know, what what kind of led to your initial success of basically funding it on day one, and then your continued success so far through the campaign. Any advice there? Um, let's say uh, there's there's no one thing, but um, if I had to think of several 
um, attributes that might have led to it. A, we we really try to get our own network to support it. So all of our friends, our family, get them to, they would probably buy it anyway, but really get them to, to do so on day one. And also to tell their friends about it. So hopefully other creators can really count on their own network to, um, to be the, the mouthpiece, um, to help be the mouthpiece in the first day and also to, to pledge. Um, on top of that, uh, we did get some good publicity. On day one, we had, I think, uh, probably a dozen or so different outlets that uh, were very reputable, like TechCrunch, for example, who wrote about us, and uh, that, that helped for sure. And we were building our email list as well. Um, we had in the thousands of people on our email list that we built up in the weeks leading up to the campaign. And these are people who knew that we were launching soon and knew somewhat about the product, not all the details. Um, they didn't know the price, but um, you know, we, we wanted them to be excited that they were going to be one of the first people to know about our campaign. And I think a lot of them uh, bought on the first day or two. Um, I would say the last part is, um, you know, we did have early bird, so early bird helps. The tactical thing, I guess, but um, when giving giving people who pledge on day one, day two, a nice little treat um, in the form of this, of, of a discount, I think that that makes everyone happy and also helps us get a lot of momentum going into the campaign. Absolutely. So you mentioned you built up an email list. Where were you, was your initial targeting done from in terms of qualifying and bringing those leads in? So there's probably much more sophisticated ways about going through this. We we use Facebook primarily. We use creative ads that um, didn't reveal everything about our product because we weren't ready to do that yet. But I think enough that they understood this was a new form of um, air purifier that uh, uh, monitored and cleaned and, and um, was even portable. But we didn't, we didn't show everything. And that if you wanted more information, give us your email on our landing page. There's probably better ways of doing it. For us, this is what worked. And yeah, we primarily use Facebook because um, there's just uh, you know almost two billion people on it, so it's, it's an easy way to target people. Absolutely, yeah, we've seen great success with all of our Facebook advertising as well. So you guys are, you know, you've got a few, a couple weeks left, a little under that. What has been your biggest surprise so far for your team doing this campaign? I think the first few days, really, we were super um, honored that so many people came out and supported our project. It's really hard to. Even with the email list, it's really hard to tell whether people would actually buy it because, you know, it's obviously a different game when you ask them for their money, their hard-earned money. And we feel a great deal of responsibility about that as well to deliver a product that they'll love. I think I'm not really surprised by it, but um, but I guess, um, you know, going into a campaign, um, it could be surprising for people is that um, you know, the first few days uh, are always pretty good and um, uh, you get a lot of volume, a lot of traffic and it, and it will follow somewhat of a bathtub curve in which, um, you know, in the middle of the campaign, which we're, we are in the middle of our campaign, it, it, it slows down a little bit and it's up to us and our, and our backer community, frankly, to um, hopefully drive continued excitement. So we try to uh, uh, offer uh, news and um, something useful that people can share with their friends and get more uh, people to join in. And so we're every day we're kind of thinking about what what can we do to kind of tell uh, our community um, to get them get them more excited to um, just 
after they fought, um, but also to help us and, and help themselves get a much bigger community. And, and, and for our specific um, use case, I guess, we want that big community, not just because of um, you know dollars and all that stuff, but um, uh, what really what we would love to do is create this ways of air quality, and that happens when we have uh, many users of our devices who can help share data about their environment with everyone else, even people who didn't buy wind, um, and hopefully educate people about you know what places are safe, what places might not be so much, and and how they can uh, live healthier lives. So having a bigger community um, works toward that goal. So we're always trying to drive toward that. Yeah, it's great to hear you talk about community, and I think that that's what crowdfunding is all about. Give me an idea of what made you guys choose crowdfunding to truly launch your product. Yeah, um, for us, it was pretty straightforward. We, we're a startup. We don't have a brand before this. We didn't have any visibility of anybody before this other than our tester and whatnot. And so to launch the product and have people believe in you and even find you online uh, is challenging if you don't um, target an existing group of people who are generally very excited about new product launches from from startups, from from companies that uh, previously haven't um, maybe established themselves. And Kickstarter is one of the biggest communities out there. Uh, There are, I think, uh, 20 million, 30 million people who uh, have a habit of backing uh, early stage projects and so we wanted to um, uh, to leverage that and to communicate with them and Kickstarter also offers you know the the credibility of you know being on that platform knowing that you're not just for example paying uh, you're entering your credit card information on somebody's random website you're doing it via you know this platform that has um, had a history of you know very amazing products and stories and, and backers so um, we wanted to be part of that and, and make it kind of easy for um, any potential backers to um, to trust us and, and to work with us. No, I think you've absolutely done that. Uh, and obviously, congrats on the success of raising hundreds of thousands of dollars on the campaign. Ray, this gets us into our launch round where I rapid fire questions at you. Are you ready to go? Sure. So what inspired you to quit your job and become an entrepreneur? Uh, I just wanted to do something on my own and, and really build something on my own. So if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Uh, probably Edison. What would be your first question? Uh, how he thought about what projects to work on. Who did you look to growing up? Uh, jobs. What business book or life book is on your nightstand? Uh, Elon Musk's biography. What would you say your biggest weakness is? Not sleeping enough. <laughs> I think we, everybody in the entrepreneur world suffers from that. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, I hope to um, continue to be uh, working with Edwind and um, you know, creating a wonderful platform. What big thing do you want to accomplish in life? Uh, I just want to um, hopefully make people um, happy with products that we build, and also on a personal front, like hope um, you know I can raise a raise a family and um, you know um, be a caring person. Last question: What does the future of crowdfunding look like to you? I think crowdfunding will be uh, more global. 
Uh, I think as people um, from other parts of the world that um, maybe aren't used to pre-ordering and waiting, I think that will um, change over time. Um, I do think that uh, crowdfunding will gravitate a little bit more toward professional, uh, more professional projects that, um, you know, can uh, kind of uh, build very high quality products as well. I think, I think that, that actually could splinter it a little bit. You can have projects that are, you know, very well funded, very professional, big, bigger teams. They're still, you know, small companies. And then on the other side, you have very, like, garage uh, independent um, indie creators who, you know, are, are really doing it for the love of uh, just making, you know, um, a few products and the other ones will be companies. So I think there will be some type of a, a splinter. And I think that's fine. I think that's great. No, I agree, Ray. Listen, Ray, you've been awesome. Please give our listeners your pitch. Tell us what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should go buy a wind. Sure. So uh, I'm Ray, and I'm the, uh, one of the co-founders of Wind. We created a smart air purifier that cleans your personal space. You can bring it with you. It monitors and cleans your air automatically. On top of that, we've built a software platform where you can get more insights about your air quality and even share um, air quality information with the rest of the world to help them be more healthy. You can check us out on Kickstarter. Um, you can go to the website Hello Wind. Spelled W-Y-N-D, hellowind.com slash Kickstarter, or find us directly on Kickstarter, and you can pre-order today. Our campaign ends on July 12th, and if you can buy before then, you can get a, a pretty substantial discount. Um, we hope to um, see you there, and if you have any questions, please ask us directly on Kickstarter. Thank you. Ray, you've been awesome. Listeners, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the links and everything we've talked about today, including a full tra- transcript. Ray, thank you again for joining us. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Art of the Kickstart. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes and our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. If you've loved this episode, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help build your business. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding strategy, please feel free to request a quote on commandpartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.